to down to dust. Yeah, um, missed and peeved. Missed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be missed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real word. It's a real word. It's a real word. I don't use it. Not in your vocabulary? Down to dust. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. What's up, dude? Um, he's not answering. He may not be awake. So I just, we'll just, add, if he, if he's up and adds me on Skype, we'll just add him in whenever. Okay. So, but I'd like to get started so that we're both not just sitting at our computers doing nothing for the next hour and he doesn't show up so yeah all right uh you ready to do this yay (laughs) yeah uh all right welcome to down to dunk this is your host andrew schlecht we are part of clns media dailythunder.com we're featured on dash radio at five o'clock central time on monday wednesday and friday with me today is my good friend alex spears alex what's up who cares <laughs> donovan must go presty must go rumble must go get rumble out of here uh james hollis was supposed to join us uh at snotty dripping and it is just so early I, he he may just not be awake so if he uh randomly joins the podcast here uh momentarily uh don't be alarmed it's just a part of the process so uh i kind of see today as uh maybe a way to unjinx the thunder because we are going to uh talk about blowing this whole baby up you know like we can we can discuss the the tactics that the thunder could do they really need to play the drop coverage against the jazz they really need to do this if they would just guard joe ingles if they would just do that you know what I'm going to save you guys just the agony of a podcast like that because those shows are are just pure agony right now. I know that as a, as a thunder fan and somebody that covers the team myself, I have no interest in hearing any of that stuff. Like, do you Alex, do you have interest in listening to a podcast like that? No, this is when, and this is true for like all my sports teams. This is when like you turn it on local sports radio like you, you want to hear the crazies, you know, yeah. <laughs> you, you want to hear the people that are just fed up. I mean, this was my favorite thing. Whenever OU would lose a football game, I would always listen to Eshbeck yeah. and Traber uh, just to hear the people calling in, just wanting to blow everything up, no matter what the point of the season was, no matter how good the team was doing otherwise. Um, it's just, it's very cathartic, you know, it's good yeah. to uh, just make yourself feel better by tearing everything down. That's right. So our our hope is two things that you guys can be entertained by our show today and two that this is somehow a reverse jinx on the Thunder and they can go and win tonight. So we still very much want this team to win and uh hope that they can tonight. But speak for yourself. We we don't we uh don't want to talk about it. There's not I just don't think there's a lot to break down anymore. I feel like we've done that and it's there's not a lot to break down. The Thunder are terrible right now, and the Jazz are awesome right now. And like, there's your analysis for the series. Um, okay, Alex, I want to. I want. I'm going to let you go for a little bit, and then we can get into our discussion. Well, before we get in, let's lay some ground rules, Andrew. Okay. Okay. First ground rule is that there are no bad ideas. Okay. So if I say <laughs> if I say something dumb, you cannot come at me on Twitter. Okay. For the next hour, I have immunity from all criticism. Uh, second ground rule is that if your idea to fix this team does not include literal dynamite, do not share it. Okay, <laughs> We're blowing things up. All right. Uh, first, I just wanted to kind of, I mean, yes, they could win tonight. Uh, who, who knows? They could turn it all around. You know, mm-hmm. they could win in seven. Who knows? Uh, but I just wanted to highlight or just remind everyone how disappointing of a season 
this was, okay, before we get started. Because there's some oh, people out no. there. No, listen, there's some people out there who might, might be thinking right now, we don't need to blow it up. Like, relax, relax. No, this is the blow up podcast. Listen to this. Okay, I have three things for you. Okay. First one, and we all, we all know all these things, but three players in the top 10 at their position, two in the top five, like inarguably, arguably with Steven, but I still think he's top 10. They're top seven outside of Robertson. So Westbrook, PG, Adams, Mello, Felton, Patterson, Grant, all played at least 76 games this year, mm-hmm. which is probably the craziest stat to me. Um, and, and like Patterson, Grant played all 82. Or it was Patterson and Felton played all 82. Yeah. Um, there are only two 50-win teams in the West this year, which that's super rare. Do you want to gander? Do you want to take a guess at when the last non-lockout season to only have two 50-win teams in the West was? Because I did the research, Andrew. 2001. Further back. Is it really? 97. 1986. That's the year I was born. Yeah. The 86-87 season was the last non-lockout season to only have two 50-win teams in the West. Wow. That is so weird. So the point is that, like, you can't even blame this on, like, well, the West was just stacked. Like, at the end of the year, it turned out that there were a lot of, like, good West teams that were all kind of evenly matched, or so we thought. Um but this was overall like a pretty weak year for the West. Yeah. I mean, there were two dominant teams um, and then there were just a bunch of teams. I mean, any of these teams, even down to Denver, are pretty much on the same level. And right. you could even throw the Clippers in there, too. So it's not like they can use that as an excuse either. Um, so do you agree with me? It was a disappointing season. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no question. Was it a disappointing season? It was it was really tough. And I think the biggest contrast is like last season, like everybody like Russell was our guy and he still is, but like that was, he was amazing. He carried this team and like this season, it's the contrast between last season, and this season with Russell is just almost astounding, especially right now during the playoffs. Cause even during the playoffs last year, like Russ was giving his all, and it was just he just wasn't getting enough from everybody else and the minutes that he was playing like the thunder won the series in the minutes that russell played last year and russell is like the 10th best player on the floor in this series you know i mean it's not it's just it's just crazy and i feel on some level the organization has kind of created a monster with russell westbrook and we can go deeper into that in another podcast, but it's been, it's, it's not, it doesn't look good right now. And I don't know if, if some of it's injury related because he does have his back is like mostly tape right now. Um, but I still just, I don't know, just the contrast between last year and this year with Russ is, is kind of crazy. And he still like continues to act like there's nothing wrong with this team. There's, and it's, and just the, the, you know, Utah made tough shots. Utah made tough shots, shots wide open in the corner are tough shots. Like those those are the most efficient shots in basketball and you're giving to them wide open. Like, no, like they're not, they're not hitting tough shots. They're hitting easy shots. They're getting everything they want. They're shooting, you know, they're getting layups and I mean, they're, they're getting everything they want. And like, I just know this team uh they're delusional they're absolutely delusional (laughs) it's 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 crazy and i think that it's hurt the fan base i think two things have hurt the fan base this year one is that this team is delusional about the problems that they have they they don't think they exist whenever they really do and then two i think the 2016 playoff run has screwed with everybody's head because it makes you believe that this team has somewhere has like another gear when this season we have we've seen it in spots uh but they they clearly unless they show it tonight they could they clearly don't have it and so it's it's a problem it's a big problem and, I, and there's there's a lot of things you can point to with westbrook from last season to this season but the biggest thing for me is just the visible comfort level <laughs> with what is going on the court at all times. Like right. last year, he was just so in control 
at every single moment, even when he was like doing way too much, you always felt like he was confident in what he was doing. Yeah. Um, and last, I mean, especially game four, that was, that wasn't on the level of James Harden's game six against the Spurs last year, but it was, it was almost like Westbrook's version of that. Mm-hmm. Whereas like when Harden freaks out and does that thing, he just, he like disappears. Right. Whereas when Russell freaks out, he, he like goes overboard the other way, becomes way too aggressive, focuses on this one single matchup instead of, you know, over everything else. Right. And I mean, it really was an embarrassing game, um, especially because all the like, I don't know, just all this stuff towards the end with, you know, all the jawing and it was like, come on, dude, what is this? Right. It's not a good look when you're the team that's getting blown out. And I mean, it's, it's cool whenever you're going to battle with somebody, but when you're getting your butt handed to you, uh, it's not as cool of a look, you know? Yeah. And it's also a really bad look. I mean, the jazz have just outclassed the thunder in so many ways on the court, but at the podium in particular, like the way Donovan Mitchell has handled himself. You're just like, man, that dude is great. And then like, Oh my gosh. and And then Russell acts like, acts like he wasn't the one that did this Ricky Rubio versus Russell Westbrook thing when he was the one that created it. <laughs> and then Ricky Rubio was like so sweet when they asked him. Yeah, about it. Like like, it, oh, he's just trying to win. Like I understand. <laughs> it's so hard to hate. Like the, this jazz team is great, you know, and I don't want to talk a lot about them, but they're, they're fantastic. And the thunder just make themselves look like big, dumb idiots. And they've been like that all series, but let's, let's blow it up. Let's get into blowing it up. So I think the first uh, area to blow up from the fans perspective, and this is the one area that I I don't want to say like I don't agree with it, but it just doesn't I don't think it matters that much is the coach. Yeah. A lot of hate on uh, Billy. There's some heat (laughs) heat coming toward Billy. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I mean, I was on Thunder Reddit last night. Uh, reading their uh, official pity party post. Yeah, that was what it, that was what it was called. Oh boy! And like eighty percent of the comments were about Billy Donovan, and I get it, but I just in order to get that mad, you have to believe that a coaching change would make a difference, and I'm just not convinced that it would make a difference. Yes, I I agree. I also don't think that Billy. I've been a Billy defender for a long time and I just don't think he's done a good job in this playoff series. I've, it, he, he just has not, he has not made the adjustments that are necessary adjustments that feel obvious. Like they're the way they defend the pick and roll, the way that they are leaving Joe Ingalls and like those things seem very obvious. The, the ball movement that is just horrific. And it's a lot of this is not just Billy. Like Billy can't force this team to pass. Billy can't force this team to play hard on defense. Like I get that, but some of the schemes just aren't good either. Um, you know, I felt like the game plan in game one, it was very clear and it looked very good and it looked like they were prepared and it has just unraveled since then. Like every time that Utah makes an adjustment, the thunder don't adjust, you know, the thunder come out with one adjustment. They like play the Patrick Patterson at center lineup and it goes really well. And then Utah adjusts, and then the thunder just sit on their hands. Like I, I get the frustration with Billy and you know, I don't know what the solution is there. Um, but I'm probably closer to, it might be a time, a good time for change for him and for the team as well. Like, I like, do you think Billy's happy with what's happened the past three years? Like it's, <laughs> it's probably, I mean, it's been a really, really tough. Um, it's just been a really tough, you know, go for Billy overall. I mean, he's had a different roster every year and not just that he's had a different roster is that he's had these rosters that are under the microscope, you know, of the league. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, he's just been in a tough position and I, and I wouldn't blame him if he, you know, wanted to go back to the college ranks where, right. where he can do his thing and he knows he can be successful and he, and he doesn't have to, frankly, he doesn't have to deal with a guy like Russell and he can run the kind of offense that he wants because if you watch those all bench units, like we saw them all year and we we're kind of frustrated with them, 
but they moved the ball. They played defense. They hunted good shots and they generally were good for this team. And that's the way Billy wants to play. And I, you just, you can't play that way when Russell Westbrook is your point guard for better or for worse. Yeah. I I keep seeing this argument. I especially saw it in this thread of like, Rush just needs a system. It's like Russ is the system. He's always been the system. He will always be the system. I I, am just not convinced that you're going to bring in a coach who's going to install this just amazing motion offense um, with all this passing. Like I was listening to uh, the Ringer NBA show and Kevin O'Connor was talking about how Westbrook can grow as a player. And he was talking mainly about defense and then more work or <laughs> not even more work, but just like doing anything off the ball. Yeah. Um, because yeah. We, we've seen it like back when he was younger. I'm just not convinced. Like why? He, he, this is his 10th season. Like we've been watching Westbrook for 10 years mm-hmm. and, and we, we're still hoping that he's going to fundamentally change who he is as a player. And I just don't think it's going to happen. I'll say this. I, think, I, don't, I don't think it'll happen in Oklahoma City. That's what that would be. <laughs> I think that the Thunder have planted their flag on Westbrook Island for better or for worse. <laughs> and that's what it, and that's what it's going to be. Like, you're right. And I don't think that you can the way that the that the organization has dealt with him and the ways they have not dealt with him. I don't think you can just change that on a dime. And maybe, maybe you can if they lose tonight and things just implode and like it just doesn't maybe you can do it then and you just say like russell like listen look around you like i don't think that he was like the key reason that kevin durant left and i mean that's the easy storyline to read into i think kevin durant just not that not that oklahoma city was a bad situation i don't think this is like bad oklahoma city good golden state i just think that he saw a situation where he wasn't going to lose you know like I, right. uh, he will not lose there, and I think that that was the easier choice for him to make. Like I and I get it, but I don't think it was like a. Like, I mean, Oklahoma City was still right neck and neck with Golden State. Like he almost came back, and he was, you know, early on in the free agency process, he was planning on coming back. Like people act like, you know, Russell just got him out of town, and you know, I just don't think that that's true. Um, but the way that this season has been handled. Um, you know, you can, you can put a lot of it on Russell. You just, you just can, especially this playoff series, the way that he's handled everything emotionally on the court and the way that they just don't acknowledge that anything is really going on. Uh, you know, Paul George saying that this is where they want to be. This is the position they want to be in. Really? (laughs) You want to be down three, one in the first round. I mean, that's just not true. And that's, and that's just like the over, like the overconfidence that Russell gives this group and the overconfidence that Russell has, and it is his best and worst trait. I feel like there's a couple players, like the best and worst trait for Russell is his confidence because at times it has carried this team and it made last year's run and his MVP, like he wouldn't have that if he didn't have his overconfidence. Like it's great. Um, but at times it'll come and get you. And like with Steven Adams, his best and worst trait is that he's unselfish. You know, his unselfishness really helped this team a lot this season. And, you know, they wouldn't have made that 2016 playoff run without his unselfishness. But he, to me is the third best player easily on this team. And at times he fades into the background because he's too unselfish. You know, it's, there's a lot of there's a lot of that going on with this team, and um, so we've seen the worst case scenario um, recently. So that brings me to my first blow it up idea. Okay, fire Billy Donovan, install Russell Westbrook as the first player coach <laughs> in the modern era. <laughs> Let's just take this Westbrook thing even further. Everything we've just said, it sounds like. You know, the organization, the franchise, the city is is locked, literally locked into Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's just take it all the way, you know? <laughs> no coach, just Russell. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. that, is a, that is a terrifying proposition. Uh, I mean, are there any coaches that just that get you excited, like random names of guys? Like, does oh. Fizz excited? Oh, no. No, no. If Fizdale can't get along with Marcus Saul, like how is it? Like what's going to happen with Russell? But wouldn't it wouldn't it be nice to have a coach who 
even if it like blew up <laughs> within one year, but <laughs> just to have a coach who challenged Westbrook, even like subtly in post game press conferences. Um, I can't remember the last time anyone associated with the franchise has brought up something negative about Westbrook, you know, like in the media. Yeah, they don't. Um, that's, and that's why I like my point is like, I don't, I don't know if you can change that now. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You're 10 years into his career. Okay. You know what, Russell? Now we're going to criticize you in front of people and Russell. Now we're going to put your feet to the fire. Like, right. I just don't know. He's so set in his ways that I just don't know. Like if you're going to live and die with Russell Westbrook, um, I'm not sure that that's the correct approach. And I know some people are going to think that I'm a big idiot, but I just, I don't know. I think that you have to have somebody that demands respect like big time for that to happen. I don't think you can just bring Fisdale in here. Who's, you know, coached one franchise and got let go. I think that you need somebody. You want an old, old man. I just think somebody that you have to find somebody that Russell respects very very much and already has some kind of respect for now and i don't i don't exactly know who that is mm. um it sounds like uh kevin ollie <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't know who it is and i think that that's the only kind of person that you can come in and like really maybe change russell is if you get somebody that he respects but you know, like a frank vogel like i i would like the thunder to get a look at him because i think that he could coach this team up to be an elite defense um a Tori messina from the spurs who i think that he if like, if you have any chance of installing some kind of uh offense that's different i think that it would be with him uh we obviously know that david blatt would not be good with a <laughs> russell yeah. westbrook if he's not good with a lebron james um See, I, I almost feel I like the most know. obvious choice would be Mo Cheeks. And it would be the the most thundery move. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I know. And, and their, and their relationship at this point, I mean, if the thing, if we were, if the things that we wanted to happen aren't happening under Billy with him as, with uh, Mo as the assistant coach, like I just don't know that all that much will change as the head coach. Oh, I agree, but it's, it sounds like a thunder move. So yeah. it sounds like what we're saying, Andrew, is that uh, maybe naming every single day of the year Russell Westbrook Day might have been a little counterproductive. Uh, uh, I, we've we've created a monster <laughs> on some levels as a city and a fan base and a an organization. Um, it's going to take. He he's going to have to change some. Like he he. He will, and maybe seeing another star leave will will do that for him. Um, but like it or not, uh, Russell is our guy, and I and I think that he. I mean, he's obviously still very good, and you know right. he, he could be injured. Or, he is injured right now on some level. To what degree, I don't know. And so, like that could be impacting things greatly. You know, we could go into next season, and Paul decides. You know, let's let's give this one more go. Uh, let's give it a try. Um, and see if we can get some continuity. We can get Robertson back. You know, we can cycle in some different role players and see how we can move forward. I mean, that's still not a, a, a zero proposition. Like it's, it could happen, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's going to happen, but it, it could. And so, you know, they may not have to do anything drastic and I, and I don't expect that they will or that they'll even be in position to do something drastic. But, um, you know, we don't, and we also don't know what's going to happen tonight. Like they, they could somehow get it together. I have my doubts, but they could somehow get it together. And this, this thing could turn around. <laughs> you have your doubts. I have, why would that be? I have my doubts. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we don't have to go over that. <laughs> um, so, with blowing it up, um, I, I don't think you could. Oh, to wrap up the coaching conversation real quick, I, I think I feel like we're saying the same thing, which is like, yeah, you can fire Donovan if you want, but who are you really going to get? Especially in light of this monster that we've created, who, who are you going to bring in that's like bigger or more authoritative than Westbrook? It seems yeah. like a very tall task. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who that is, and maybe that guy does exist. Um, but it would definitely have to be something big. And would they be willing to come to Oklahoma City if that's the case? 
you know, if it was like a Greg Popovich, if he was like, I'm going to leave the Spurs, like he's not going to come to Oklahoma city. He's just going to stop coaching, you know? Um, so I just, I just don't know. I don't know exactly who that is. And and does this franchise really want to go after someone that like big, like they would cost that much. Mm hmm. And, and cause you're not, cause you're gonna have to put, yeah, you have to pay him and Billy. I think the most likely scenario is they keep Billy. Do I think Billy is a perfect coach? No. Do I think that he and Russell have a mutual respect for each other? Yes. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, but I just don't know how, how much different things are going to be under a different head coach. I mean, if people, if you have a suggestion, send it to me on Twitter, but I don't, I don't know who it is. Like people are just like, just fire Billy Donovan. And they're like, well now what? Like what's like, what's next? Like what makes things better? What will make things better than they are now? Like you're not going to bring some, you know, young up and coming coach in here to coach Russell Westbrook. Like the, like we're, we're too far gone there. Like, I just don't think that that's possible to, to bring in a guy that's going to overhaul things and change everything. You know, I don't think Billy's a bad coach. I think he's a good coach. I think that he's a smart guy. And I think that he knows what can and should be done. Uh, I don't think he's done a great job this series, but I do think that he's a good coach. And the dude has had no continuity, and it's likely that he won't have continuity heading into next season either, uh, which is tough. And he's just he's been put in a really, really tough situation year after year. Um, and the same with Sam Presti. You know, Sam has he's going to have the biggest summer of his career again this summer. You know, uh, James Hollis who's supposed to be on this podcast, but is probably sleeping right now tweeted yesterday that this is the biggest summer of Sam Price's career. And I was like, yeah, so it was last summer and the summer before, you know, the summer with Kevin Durant was probably, it was probably the biggest of his career. And then he was, you know, put the franchise in a position last summer where he had, he did it. He had it again. And then now this summer, it's another, it's another big summer of change and you know you know heading into last summer it's it felt like we this was our team and we're going to focus on the draft pick and who can they get in the draft and then you know they really weren't going to be able to do much in free agency and this was going to that was going to be the team and then he overhauled it and was able to turn the roster into something really great on paper it was really really great and so i don't i i think it feels like we're locked into this team but I think Sam is one of the most innovative, creative guys out there. He makes the most trades of any other GM in the league. And so I wouldn't put it above him to, to find something else to, to give this another go. And he's, he's very committed to Russell. He's very committed to this franchise. And I, I, I think that he could do something not to the degree of Paul George, but maybe figure out a way to, to reshape this roster in a way that, that works built around Russell and Steven Adams, because that as much as things don't feel good right now, like Russell and Steven Adams, plus whatever you can get. If, basically, if you can get Russell and Steven surrounded by shooting, like that's a good NBA team still like it really is. So I don't feel like we can have a blowed up podcast without uh, at least making the case for trading Westbrook. Okay. Um, and there's a few reasons why I feel like you have to immediately go there. And so I'm going to go through what, what the case would be mm-hmm. for trading Westbrook. Uh, so, the, so a few, first, a few things to know. He is, uh, hasn't started, but he, next year will be the first year of a five-year contract. Yep. Uh, he is scheduled to make somewhere around $40 million per year for the next five years. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue, the biggest issue in my mind, and this kind of goes to what Presti can do is that the Thunder are incredibly asset poor right now, like in a way that they haven't been previously. So they only have one first rounder coming in the next three years. If you assume that this team is going to make the playoffs and if they're not making the playoffs with Westbrook, then really what are we doing? Right. Uh, So they have, they have one going out this year to Minnesota. And then I think the one in two years is Orlando. Is that right? I believe that's correct. I can double check that, but yes. So, you know, looking at their assets, obviously Westbrook and Adams are the two best assets on the team. I think the third best asset might be Terrence Ferguson. And then the fourth best asset might be our pick in 2022. 
And so, like, I know that we're conditioned to believe that Presti will figure something out, and maybe he will, but we have to acknowledge that his starting position is worse than at any other point in his tenure. Like, you look back last year's trade, we have nothing even close to Oladipo as an asset that we can trade that's, like, actually tradable. I mean, we could trade Steven Adams, but yeah. but that's that seems to be, like, a very core piece. Um, right. You know, Ferguson is probably on the same level of value as Sabonis last year, considering how bad Sabonis's rookie year was. Mm-hmm. Alex Sabonis um, is is a trade chip too. He's is a, he? He's on a good contract. Yeah, the, there's a there's a lot of people around the league that really like him. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Um, but th- there's no like, you know, the way we made these big trades with was with an Oladipo or a Serge Ibaka or a first round pick. That's well, how all the major Thunder trades have been made. And, and, and the size of their contracts, too, is what right. helped facilitate those. Because like you have an Alex Abrinas and a Ferguson and a Patrick Patterson. Like Teams would want those guys. Like Those are valuable role players. Even an Andre Robertson, if he can come back right, like that's, a, that's still, if he can come back and he can be the same guy you know, by December. And you know, the Thunder don't feel like he's a guy that can necessarily be a helpful player on a Russell Westbrook led team when you need so much shooting out there with him. Like there's another asset too. I mean, the thunder that they certainly are asset poor, but we, I mean, to be honest, we thought the same thing heading into last summer. And I know that they had Oladipo, but Oladipo was not thought to be, I mean, everybody thought it was a salary dump when they traded him for Paul George, you know, the perception of him was not, even close to what it is now. Right. But I just like, if you're looking at this contract that Westbrook has, they have such limited flexibility and this would be the time when you'd be wanting to add young, cheap contracts. And we don't have a ton of ways to do that. Sure. Yeah. And, 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 And we don't know what the free agency market looks like this summer at all. I mean, they'll, they'll have a, an exception to use, and there's just not a lot of money out there. And I don't know that they could get somebody great, but I think that they could fill fill in a gap here and there with an exception type of deal. Because I think that there's going to be a lot of really good players that get a mid-level exception or a taxpayer mid-level exception. Like, that's going to happen. And so I just wonder if the Thunder can, you know, lure somebody like that. And that's the thing. Like, also, the case for trading Russell Westbrook assumes that Paul George leaves. Obviously, if he stays, uh, you know, forget all of this. You know, they right. can obviously build around Westbrook and Paul George. Um, but going forward, like next season, if Paul George leaves, and let's say they just get like a you know a random shooter or you know like a, a, a fine asset, you know, let's say they re-sign Jeremy Grant, and that this is basically the team just without Paul George. Like, I think that team's really in danger of missing the playoffs. I think they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot, um, especially if Melo's still on this team. And especially because I don't think they're going to be playing Melo any less next season than they are this season. Mm -hmm. Do you really think they're going to suddenly change their tune on Melo? I have no idea. And he won't be getting 30 minutes a night? I have no idea. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I think when you're put in desperate situations... Um, you do you can do different things. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I would. Right. I would guess the answer is he plays thirty two minutes a night next season. Um, but I'm also then, not positive. And I'm also, I don't know. I've talked to some people, and I'm not totally convinced that if Paul leaves, that Melo will be here. Certainly, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent convinced of that. Right. As I, I, I thought that I was, and then I don't know. I, my, my guess is still that he'll be here. Um, but I think that there is a chance that Paul leaves, Mello's gone too, which I think is ultimately a good thing for OKC. I'd like to thank the press for sponsoring today's show. Go check out the press, it's in the Plaza District near downtown Oklahoma City. It is delicious. Southwestern comfort food and you've got to go check out their menu. They've got some really great things. If you're going for the first time and you're a little overwhelmed with the size of the menu, I would recommend anything that involves the mac and cheese. Go get the chili mac, 
You get the buffalo mac and cheese. They have a barbecue mac option as well. It's unbelievable. Also, if you're looking for an appetizer, I would get the house tots that are smothered. It's their house-made tater tot stuffed with cheddar and topped with bacon bits, which is topped with a white gravy or chili and queso. They're unbelievable. You got to go check out the press today. They also have some great desserts. They're making cakes and they have this German chocolate cake that I had the other day. Like I like German chocolate cake pretty well. Like it's a good cake, but I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. Uh, very, very good cake. Um, just everything there is good. So you can't go wrong with whatever you get. If you're looking for a healthier option, go for the salad. It's very good. They've got an avocado toast. Uh, it's just a great restaurant. You've got to go check it out. It's a cool space. It's a big space. So if you need somewhere to go with a big group, it's good. If you're going on a date, it's a great place. Um, if you need some place to feed your feelings because the thunder aren't doing so hot, this is the place to go. So go check out the press today and support the people that support down to dunk. Okay. We've got a special guest to add to the podcast. James. Hey, what's up, man? What's up? You are, we are live <laughs> on the pod at, with Alex Spears. Hey, James. Alex, my man. What's up, man? How you doing? Gotta say, I love you guys' stuff, man. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an avid listener of, of Down to Dunk, and you guys, uh, you guys are a lot of fun. Thanks, man. We I know it's not a lot of fun. It's not a lot of fun right now. I know it's not a lot of fun right now, and uh, I'm, I'm probably as about as bummed as you guys are. I know. Really. <laughs> we are uh we're, we're in the process of blowing it up if you would like to join us yeah it's a it's, uh, it's a way to yeah. uh it's a way to uh revert we're trying to uh do a reverse jinx on the thunder for tonight's game by uh just completely tearing everything down right now yeah let's uh let's get it done because this uh something has to something has to be done um and i I don't know if you guys follow what I've been I'm on social media lately. And I, I'm, I admit it, dude. I, I've all season long, something just didn't look right with Westbrook. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we all heard all year long, oh, we're fine. We're, we're built for the playoffs. We're going to be fine. We're building for the playoffs. Well, this is a terrible matchup for them. And, and they're just, they weren't ready for the playoffs. And, right. and this, uh, Russ is great. I, I, I love, I loved his attitude. It seemed like there was a tipping point this year where it went from, uh, you know, it went from that's just Russ to this. It just it just doesn't work, you know. And I I don't know if they can sit down with Russ and have a a heart to heart this summer, you know, Mello and and maybe uh, Presti and some they they, like Toronto just did it, but there has to be a cultural reset there. And and I know he is the heart and soul of the team, but when you're the heart and soul, then you got to bring more than just scowls and 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 being rude to the media. And and I mean, it starts with him. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's uh, let's let's do, let's do the reverse jinx. Let's blow it up. Okay, I want to know your take on Billy because we we've given our takes. We don't think that a coaching change necessarily is what this team needs. We don't think that we don't think that we don't know who is out there that would be able to coach Russell in the way that everybody wants him to be coached. I don't know if you have a, a guy or think that that would be a solution for the thunder. Um, I, I think, I mean, and usually it's how it goes, right? These are multi-million dollar players and you know, Hey, the coaches make a little money too, but it usually that's the easiest kind of, uh, the first stop they usually make, right? Things go bad and this went really bad. Honestly, this season was just it was a disappointment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fun to watch. So it, I, they probably should. They because I mean, look, he, he is one of the main guys. You know, him and obviously with the rest of the organization's blessing, they've empowered Westbrook to, to get things to this point. And I don't know if he has it in him to make the sweeping offensive changes that they'd have to make. So I would probably look at making a, a, a change. At my, the top. my answer is who, or my answer to that, you know, that proposition is who, like, I just don't know who, who can, who can come in and actually make those changes because I, I and just, that, I can, I'm concerned that like you bring in some young gun dude that things will not be better. They may be different, but they may not be better. It absolutely has to be somebody that, uh, is kind of established because I mean, Melo's going to be there, right? We know that. So it's going to be somebody who, who they respect and it's, it's kind of established. And that I mean, it's, um, it's almost like a lose, lose proposition right now. And unless things change at the, 
you know, where it has to change, it won't matter. But um, I, I know. And then if you you fire Don, uh, Coach Donovan, then that's a lot of money that they're going to just eat. Uh, but I'll throw, how about David Fizdale? Dave, he seemed like he was a, a really. <laughs> but then I then I, I see how he bumped in. He bumped heads with with uh, Mark Gasol, so that's probably yeah, a bad idea. We've already we've already talked we talked about Fizz just a minute ago. I just I think that it he could come in and try to change things. And I think, I mean, if it blew up in Memphis, I mean, it's, yeah. I, I'm, I'm fearful for the organization. If they bring in a guy like that, I just don't, they need somebody that Russell already respects. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't, I don't know. It could be there with this. I don't know. I don't know who Russell respects. Like I really don't, I have no clue. He, he really likes Russell. Uh, James, what do you think about uh, Westbrook as player coach? <laughs> that would be absolutely atrocious. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> I won't because I mean his his whole idea is his whole mentality is all right. Well, I'll just do it harder. I'll go faster. I'll I'll just keep attacking, and that's uh, yeah, that would be good. So, <laughs> all right, Alex, you got you got uh, some other ideas that you are bringing to the table. <laughs> Well, James, we we felt like you couldn't have a blowed up podcast without at least making the case for trading Westbrook. Just making the case. I'm not saying that this is what they should do, but the, but the fans, you know, they're out there frothing at the mouth. You know, I feel like I have to give them something. Hey, just commit to it. Just go all in. <laughs> no, you know what, man? It's funny because I'm. Hey, I'm a I'm a I'm a Celtics guy, but I am a Thunder fan by uh, by proxy, kind of because I'm I'm really Russ is my guy. I've been you know I've wrote I've written about him over at B Ball Breakdown, mm-hmm. I, but I understand that right now this this is bad. It's not good at all, and Russ is going to be making what forty six forty seven million dollars, you know, when he's thirty five or something. Um, and, and it's one thing to think, hey, maybe it's time to cut it off right now. Now the problem is, any team that's getting him is getting that you know that that. Huge, and he has a fifteen percent trade kicker, doesn't he? Yes. Oh my god! Um, yeah. It's it's gonna. It would be a it'd be a tough thing to do. Yeah, in twenty twenty two, the end of his contract, he'll be making almost forty four million. Oh, forty four, mm-hmm. not Um. So here's the thing. Uh, what would you get back for Westbrook right now? And. Even with his stock at an all-time low, we know. I mean, there's teams that obviously would lo- like would love to have Westbrook. Um, I'm running through my head. I just. Uh, Do you have any trade ideas? Well, I think before I before I realized it, me and Andrew were talking before, but you can't trade Westbrook until the one-year anniversary of signing his DPE. So that kind of screwed with my one of my points, which was that this was a good draft and that there are a lot of star hungry teams, whether that be Orlando or Sacramento, these teams who have just been in the wilderness for a decade and they would do anything to get a star. And you could easily see them getting like a first round pick and whoever that team's first round pick was the previous year, like something like De'Aaron Fox and the Kings first round pick plus other stuff, you know, like some, some, uh, a basis of a deal like that, or the Bulls pick and Laurie Markkinen, something like that, um, as just, the basis I'm, of a deal. I'm just imagining Westbrook in downtown Sacramento, like a mini Godzilla, kicking over buildings, <laughs> and he's just, you know, you, you uproot him from Oklahoma City and you send him to Sacramento. I can just imagine just the the how he would lay waste to that franchise in that, that locker room. Um, or maybe you'd have that. That'd be, maybe that'd be that'd be the thing that changes him, and we'd actually see him like actually maybe smile and care on the court, and like bring his joy back somehow. And he's like, "Wow, they really kicked me out of, out of OKC." Um, so yeah, you're right. Any of those teams that would, would in a heartbeat would do it, uh, probably. But then also again, you got to think like we just, we're bringing in a guy who doesn't want to be here for the next six years, and yeah. he's already a volatile personality. So. But it's definitely something. I mean, it it has to be on the table. Like we just like. I, I, did you guys were you surprised when Blake Griffin got traded? Yes, yes. I, and you know, I was shocked when Boogie got traded after all the talk. You know about Boogie about to sign the contract get traded. So it's funny how this max super max contracts has has had the opposite effect than I think the NBA wanted it to. But yeah, it's it's obviously have to be one of the options and. 
And maybe this is me just, you know, being kind of fan depressed right now, sport depressed, because, as, you know, there was a time when I said this, I would have traded everything and their and everyone and their mama in Boston for Russell Westbrook. There's now not that time. I wouldn't send anything as much as I love Westbrook. I'm worried about that knee. I'm worried if that there's a there's a knee issue that is has been lingering all season. And, you know, he's 29. If he's starting to have knee issues now, it's not going to get better probably in the future or get any easier for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just didn't have any burst. He didn't have any speed. He looked a little. He looked a step slow. He looks hesitant, uh, and that you know, if you're trading for Russell Westbrook at that kind of money, you want to make sure he's he's ready to roll. And I don't know if he's ready to roll. So, yeah, I I, I don't think that they're they couldn't trade him to a team like the Celtics. I think that you are looking at like a more if you are going to trade Russ, it's to a more of a desperate franchise like right. Phoenix. Like I think Phoenix would actually be the team that I would look at. And you just see if you could do like Devin Booker plus cap filler and see if, you know, they would bite on that because they have, I mean, that team has not been good in a long time. And so I just wonder if, you know, that's a team that would bite on it and they have a ton of young assets right now. Um, there, there would be a team that would do it and the Thunder could get some good value out there, but it wouldn't, I mean, the Celtics have all the leverage in the world. Like they can offer like a minimum type, you know, trade to the Thunder for Russ. And like, they don't lose anything if they, if, you know, they don't take it, you know? So like there's, you need to find a team that doesn't have as much leverage like because Boston has maybe the most leverage in the league when it comes to trades because it just doesn't matter whether they make a trade or not. I'm imagining Brad Stevens face the first time he tries to call a set and Russ comes down and goes one on two. Goes one on four and throws into the stands, and then like scowls at Al Horford for not for you know not reading his mind and being there. Yeah, so uh, yeah, a week of that, and and I'd probably come back and join you guys and be a Thunder fan. <laughs> um, do, you, um, do you have any? We're gonna do if if indeed things play out as I suspect they will tonight um, in Oklahoma City. We'll do a. Uh, Westbrook to the trade machine on Friday, but um, we'll talk more about that too then. But um, ultimately I just don't, I don't think that they'll, I don't think they'll trade him. I think that they are, uh, they're going to ride with Russell Westbrook for better or for worse. I just think that that's the way it's going to be. Doesn't that sound exhausting? Like we're going to have to have. Yeah. uh, But also like this season, this season has been awful. It's been horrible. But the last it season, is, but the, why the season is next before, season going to be better? Just because I think that they'll have a clear identity. I think you, that, you know what I, I, I was going to say. I agree with that one because, and I was someone told me this yesterday. Once, if 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 when I think or maybe when Paul George leaves, it kind of resets back to more how it was the year before, and it's Westbrook and a bunch of hardworking guys, and he doesn't have to do as much thinking about getting guys involved. Now, my question is this: Is it like Pandora's box though? Once it's got to this far, is it going to get better? So I'm kind of I see what you're saying. Once it gets this bad, does reverting back to the way it was make it better? Because the stain of this is still going to be there, you know. So. Yeah. And I also think that that first year after KD, you had an amazing narrative with like the KD revenge story. Like that story is kind of over at this point. The super team story is over at this point. Like, you know, people talk about if you trade Westbrook, the Thunder are just going to fall into irrelevancy. Like, I'm really worried that they're only going to be relevant going forward because of like Russ's pregame tunnel walks and whether or not he's going to average a triple double. Like it's hard to see how this team's going to be relevant beyond that because they're not going to be a contender. Like, does, does anyone think that there's an easy path for this team to become a contender? Well, not an easy <laughs> path. But I mean, and here's I the, here's I the thing: I don't even think they're going to be a mid-level playoff team. I think they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot going forward. Russ has, but the thing is that Russell has to prove it all over again, and that 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 was kind of the narrative after KD left too, like Russell, like they have Russell and he's got to prove that he's worth it. And if Paul leaves, like he has to do it all over again. And you know, there wasn't as much Russ hate after KD left. Like Russ was more seen as like the, the good guy in that situation. And he signed the, you know, the one year extension and he looked like the good guy all summer. Kevin Durant looked like the bad guy. Russ looked like the good guy. Now Russell is in a completely different situation 
where it looks like, oh man, Katie left because of you. Now Paul leaves because of you. You lose in the playoffs in the first round because of you. What are you going to do? You know, it's going to, I mean, the story, there's still, the storyline is, is, it doesn't feel fresh, but it's fresh. It's different. It's, it's going to be new. And so I think that, like, if you question, like, whether the motivation is there for Russell, it may be there more than ever. And is that a good thing or not? I don't know. Um, but certainly, this, there's still, there's a, believe it or not, there's a new, there will be a new storyline with this Oklahoma City Thunder team. Um, and it, it, it'll be, they'll still be fascinating. Will, will it turn out to be a good thing or not? I have, I don't know. Um, but I think that they'll have a clear identity. And I think that they'll know just right off the bat, they'll know what they want to do. They want to be a defensive minded team uh, that has Russell Westbrook as their offensive hub. And I think, you know, it, it worked the season before and uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I think that for better or for worse, the Thunder are going to ride with Russ. I, I just think it's going to look a lot different when you don't have two guys like Oladipo and Cantor. put up points like you're going to have this stripped down version of that team with like a 30 however old mellow Mm -hmm. like i just i could see it going very very bad and i i would not be as um optimistic about it (laughs) yeah Mm, i didn't think about that do you guys uh do you guys watch that show dexter i'm I'm aware of it he's a he's a serial killer no, so no. Well, spoiler alert! Uh, at the end of the show, he turn, he runs off and becomes a lumberjack, and like so many people thought, how dumb that was. So if they come back now and the show comes back and he goes back to being a serial like we still know he was a lumberjack and how dumb that show ended, and it kind of ruins it for the rest of the show. And I'm <laughs> I'm 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 relating that because like sure everything can go back and and you guys can have a more or less identity and it could be more or less like how Russ was after KD left, but like we just we just watched him get a an all-star teammate and you know we watched the whole team go through not caring somehow for months and they look sluggish and it looks disinterested and like that that matters right like that matters to a lot of people and as we get further away from the end of this season it's you know people the people who the people who matter and who care as far as fan base they're going to be there obviously but yeah i know that i listened to you all season uh, andrew you were you weren't happy this wasn't it couldn't have been fun to cover at all <laughs> it has been exhausting it has and, right and so like it's almost like it's almost like after a breakup with a good guy katie left and then uh you know whoever's left you know russ was like the kind of exciting it's irresponsible but the fan base was their heart was hurt so you know they loved russ but now they now they need somebody to pay the bills on time and they need somebody to be a little more responsible and russ is still out there you know flicking cigarettes and out late drinking and the the exciting bad boy life's not probably that fun for the fan base anymore so i mean they'd like a little more stability so if mm-hmm. russ needs to get a day job and calm down a little bit yeah and you know i don't know if they can turn heel a little bit the organization itself and have those hard conversations with russell but the franchise being in the position that it is now they, they it may be that crossroads that they can have with him and say like listen we love you. We're committed to you. Obviously, we are. And we really love that you're committed to us. But we're going to have to see a change. There needs to be a change within you on the court. We would love to see a change within you off the court as well. Like we, we just need to see some changes. And you know, you figure out if this is what you want. And maybe they do even suggest like, you know, maybe, maybe it is time that we part ways. If this isn't, if you're not able to make those changes, maybe we do. I don't think that they would do that. Um, but I do think that they need to have a tough conversation with Russell after the season. If things don't go like if, like who knows, like this may be all irrelevant and our reverse jinx works and things just completely turn around. Um, but if not, like they need to have a hard conversation with him. Like it's just plain and simple. They do. And maybe they do make a coaching change, and that's where the conversations had. Like, listen, here's what we want to do next, and here's who we're bringing in, and we can't do things the way that we did before, um, because I do I do think some change needs to happen somewhere. Obviously, yeah, yeah. I think Donovan's just too much of a nice guy, and I, I, that's a good thing. But I think on a team with Westbrook, it can't you, you can't be that nice. So, and it's so this is amazing. We're having this conversation after last summer. 
and the excitement when he signed. And, mm-hmm. you know, I remember it's, this is incredible. We've gotten this far. And I remember all season and I've listened to you guys again. And I can't remember you, you it, oh, it can't get any worse than this. Well, can't get any worse. Well, and every time it got worse. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And a lot of it's the arrogance that this team has and maybe falling flat on your face. will change that. Um, Absolutely. Because I, it, they're, they're still like the, after the game the other night, like, Oh, nothing's wrong. We want to be here. This is what we wanted to do. This is what we wanted all season. Really? This is not, we just missed shots. We just missed shots. And they <laughs> we, missed shots. No, that's no. not what happened at all. No. I mean, it's <sighs> the, the arrogance there is just astounding <laughs> it's just it's at, to the point where we're like talking clinic clinically insane <laughs> when it comes to their arrogance i mean it's just not i don't know we'll we'll see i'm i'm very i'm intrigued about what's going to happen tonight i'm intrigued to if they do lose to like be in the locker room and to to go to the exit interviews tomorrow and and see like what like what like what are they gonna say like is it are they gonna you know play the same bs that they have all season is there something different that's kind of gonna come out you know what's mellow gonna i mean it's whether or not this this team can get it together like they're still very very interesting like it's it will be a highly interesting night uh either way it goes it just it just will this team continues to be to be interesting and there continues to be some some wild storylines with this with these guys i i gotta ask you uh you've been in the locker room and stuff um does is westbrook ever just kind of relaxed and like laughing and talking to his teammates like having fun uh, it's i don't it just mm-hmm. again the word we keep, we keep using the word exhausting like just to be around somebody who seems to be so tightly wound and is just you know I don't I know he, now he's doing it for the effects it's almost like an act he's become like a character of himself he's getting worse and worse mm-hmm. but like yeah does he ever just kind of just like chill out and play cards with the guys and uh, have you guys heard I mean I, the guys obviously don't like hate him but it seemed like they all would be almost like walking around on eggshells with him all the time yeah I don't I I haven't seen I I haven't seen it that way he. I've definitely seen him and the guys joking around after, certainly after a win like, mm-hmm. um, you know, before games, he's all business and like, we'll go into the, the thunder locker room before games. And he's, it's usually very quiet and there's usually not a whole lot going on before a game, but that's just them mentally preparing. But after a game, if the, if it's a win, certainly. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're joking around and he and, he and Mello and Paul, like they do seem to genuinely really like each other and genuinely enjoy being around each other. Um, and Paul really does respect Russell and you can see that. And I've seen it a lot, um, this season, just being around them. Uh, they do, they enjoy being around each other. That's, and that's the difference. Like everybody wants to compare them to the Lakers. I think it's the, was it thir- the 13 Lakers? Um, mm-hmm. like everybody wants to compare the, like this team really does. They do like being with each other and they, they don't have the chemistry on the court. Uh, but I do think that there, there's no, there's no locker room problem. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't felt that. Um, certainly there's a different tension after a loss, but I think that that's probably the same with any team that has the expectations that they do. Like they're like, they're mad. Like they wanted to win. They feel like they can win. Uh, but this team has not had the same, they don't have chemistry problems with their personalities at all. Like, I don't, see uh, that. Okay. I, I haven't, I haven't seen that at all. And they, they all, they all like Russell from, from what okay. I've seen. And the, the tension, there's definitely tension between the media and Russell and Russell is just the worst when it comes to dealing with the media, but he does not, it's not the same with the players. It's, it's a, it's a different game there. He's, he's from all accounts, he's a good teammate. And he's good with them in the locker room. So, I wasn't trying to suggest that he was a bad teammate, but sure. like like you said, four games, four games is quiet and it's kind of you know that got, that doesn't sound like the best environment. I don't know. Maybe all the locker rooms like that before games, but it seems like other you know just keep your guys kind of loose or whatever. That's just not what Westbrook does, and and maybe it's not the best way to be. Just so intense and mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know. And I, don't I know, man. And I, 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 I hope. Yeah, I only get a, a small snippet too 
of it, you know. Right. I mean, our our scope of what's happening with really any team is so limited. Like, we can act like we know everything and know we know this team inside and out. But the truth of the matter is that they don't let us see everything. You know, we, we go in there and I'm sure it's like, it's like when the principal walks into a classroom. Like, are they seeing exactly what's happening in that classroom? No way. Like, you're not getting the, the same kids that are acting out. Like, they're not going to act out then. And the same, like, fun and every, like, the, the air is kind of sucked out of the room a little bit whenever, like, a principal walks into a classroom. But whenever the media walk into the locker room, I feel like it's probably the same way. Like, as a, it's usually, like, four or five of us that will walk in together and we stand in there and we kind of whisper and, like, joke around with each other and just kind of get a vibe of the locker room. Like, we're not, I don't feel like we are actually getting what the real Thunder locker room is like. You know what I mean? I don't think that they would... I think that when we walk they're in... On, they're, they're on their best behavior. Yeah. It's gonna. It's 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 awkward, is what it is. <laughs> it's like pure awkwardness. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's... I don't know. This this team is... It's, it's just been odd. And it's almost odd that they do like each other so much and that they do get along. Like, it's almost like you'd almost want them to be as poorly as they played, maybe at odds a little bit to where it makes more sense, you know, like, but they do genuinely like each other and they do genuinely like to be around each other. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a very strange dynamic. <sighs> I, I was, I was one of the main guys, you know, I was rah rah for this to go and I had the, the, the you know, I was, Oh, this is going to work so well, mm-hmm. you know? And, Oh, yeah. How about trade uh, Russ for Blake Griffin and and uh, oh. Luke Kennard? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. The only the only straight up trade that I want to do, uh, which would never happen, would be uh, straight up for Dame. Um, yeah, because all the Portland blow it up conversations are about trading CJ, mm-hmm. which I don't necessarily get i think they should rather trade dame because he has more value and i think it's easier to build around cj and plus i just think cj would be incredible as the lead guy on a team obviously for trading for westbrook that wouldn't happen but um i i'm I'm interested to see what portland does this year or this summer as well because they're kind of in a similar position as oklahoma city where they they didn't necessarily have the preseason expectations, but they were incredible in the regular season and then completely fell on their face. And they've kind of had this core for a while now. And now they're looking at a huge tax bill like OKC is. And they have to wonder, do, the, do we pay Nurkic? And do we keep this backcourt together? It doesn't really work. Um, what do you guys think about them? Um, I, I definitely, I hear, they got to do something too. And the, uh, I think even more so than Oklahoma City, but I, I, yeah, you keep Dame first of all because you've made him the face of your franchise, and I know the fans love him, and because he's a better player. So sure, you get more for him than you get for CJ, but you're also being left. And CJ's, I think, would be like you said. I think it'd be fine as an offensive focus, but I think he definitely needs somebody like I think CJ would be great like with Giannis or a, yeah. with another star another star who can't really a star who's not a, a big time scorer even like with a guy like Anthony Davis a big man because he's he still if you see McCollum is your best player you're not a very good team i think right. and while Dame i think Dame can really spearhead a, a good team and we've yeah. seen him he's been he's been the leader on some good teams so i still say you would move into, you know you'd still get something really good for CJ but yeah the trade for Dame and Russ oh my god that uh i really just want Dame <laughs> he's good. No, I love Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really is good, and I, I think we've seen that. You know, he's he really seems to be. I'm not saying Russ is a bad leader, but I think Dame is a really good leader. He really believes in, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's positive, he's upbeat, he's fun, and you know, I'm not again, I'm not ragging on Russ for not being those things. It would be such a change though for Oklahoma City that'd be made in the sea. But here's a problem though, because once they get to the playoffs and Dame has his becomes playoff Dame, no one would be happy with that either. You know, so right. you know, so it it's an interesting concept, though. So just one for one trade, uh, swap those two. All right. Honestly, I really just want to see a backcourt of Dame and Robertson because I feel like they would pair up so well together. So well. 
so well because that's that's the one problem and that's that's what Portland needs. They need to, those two are, are really good players and right now they're maxed themselves out. But both of those guys need a big physical guard beside them to take the defensive assignments and like you know like you know okay, Clay Thompson in 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 Golden State and Roberson in Robertson or Roberson I always say it wrong every Robertson. single time. He's he's a he's Robertson. a robber because he steals. <laughs> I, I, I get yelled at so much on Twitter because I go on other shows and I say it, and I always in my head that I say it right this time, and they're like, "You, you idiot!" Okay, but um, yeah, CJ and Dame should probably be split up. And I, it's incredible how much Oklahoma City missed Robertson. It's yeah. insane. This is a difference. What a difference a guy like him can make. Yeah, if he's <sighs> guarding Donovan Mitchell, it's a different series. Just period. It just is. Um, I've got to go. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate your time. Um, you can follow. If you don't follow James Hollis on Twitter, you're just not doing Twitter right. At Snotty Drippin on Twitter. Yeah, Al. Yeah, Al. Uh, hey, can I defend myself for a second? No, you can. No, no. You have no defense. You can follow Alex on Twitter <laughs> at Al Baby Cakes. Uh, you can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht and at Down to Dunk. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Please share the show on Twitter, Facebook, any social media platform. Uh, go eat at the press because it's delicious. And if you know if you're an upset Thunder fan, you can feed your feelings at the press. Uh, we will talk to you guys again on Friday. I will do another YouTube live tonight after the game at the arena. So if uh, I'll send out a link for that on the Down to Dunk Twitter page. So go check that out as well i'll also be doing some live periscopes during the press conferences so make sure that you're following me at andrew k schlecht for those tonight and we'll talk to you guys again on friday